Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a very important and yet disturbing topic today that we don't touch on enough, and I think we have to go back to one of the uh, Luciferian agendas, one of the agendas of the left and the global power elites that we don't touch on very often, and I'll let you know what that is in just a minute with J.B. Hickson. Uh, Father, thank you so much for giving us another chance to talk about truth and things that really matter in terms of eternity, in terms of Christians and our mission in these last days as we try to live out your will for our lives, Father, and we need discernment and wisdom to do that. So please uh, grant that to us today, Lord, by your mercy. We thank you for your sovereignty. We lift up uh, so many families who have been uh, affected by whether persecution or other things across this nation around the world, but particularly we lift up families, uh, Christian families in Afghanistan and that area. Uh, we pray, God, that you'd intervene uh, in, over there and also for the families affected by a hurricane down south. Uh, God, we just ask for your mercy. We pray that this would cause people to come to faith in you and that it would cause others to come back to you. And we know that you are in complete control and you know exactly what's happening in our country and around the world. And it is dark, but uh, you are not, you are still on the throne. You are not pacing in heaven. And we love you and we trust you in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. We can't wait to get to our topic today. We've got J.B. Hickson back with us. Of course, he's from Plum Creek Chapel, pastor in Colorado, Denver metro area the author of many books, and has contributed to uh, theological journals. JB's the host of Not By Works, and that is his ministry name. And you can go find more information at any time at notbyworks.org. JB, thanks for coming back on Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Hey, David. Great to be back with you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, we want to get to the topic, and I'm not going to open up and let everybody know what it is just yet, because I want to catch up on your ministry and what you've been uh, doing. You know, we saw each other in Colorado, not Colorado, but Oklahoma a month ago for the Liberty Pastors Conference. We were there. We heard Dr. Lee Merritt and Paul Blair and Dan Fisher and so many others there, Alex Newman. And uh, you went back to your ministry. I went back to my ministry, as did all the attendees there. So I just want to catch up with you and just see what's been going on with Not By Works Ministries and uh, Plum Creek Chapel in the last month. Yeah, it was so great to, to meet you in person. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for inviting me and my wife. Great to meet you and your sweet wife there in Oklahoma. I have to say, you're, you're definitely a lot better looking than I pictured in my mind from your <laughs> voice. But, uh, but no, we had a great time of fellowship and that was really a meaningful uh, conference for us. But, uh, yes. got back here and I uh, hit the ground running. We, uh, we've been going strong with our series called What in the World is Going On? We just dropped uh, part five this uh, past week on Wednesday. And looking forward to part six this week. And uh, that's uh, kind of touching on a lot of the things that uh, we're going to talk about this morning. But um, Plum Creek Chapel is uh, going and blowing. We've just got such a sweet fellowship there. Had a great Lord's Day yesterday. And I uh, want to be sure and invite any of your listeners, if you're ever in the Denver metro area, even if you're just passing through, 
uh, come see us at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia on either a Sunday or a Wednesday. Uh, but, yeah, the kids are back at school, uh, in college, that is, and we're back to just our uh, kids that are home with us uh, here. And uh, my granddaughter turns two this week, so really looking forward <laughs> to that special special time. And um, and our next uh, trip that you guys can be praying for Not By Works About, we leave next week to head up to Alaska wow. for a conference there. I'll be speaking about to seven or eight times over a four-day span. Oh, my goodness. And uh, that's it. Uh, Pioneer Baptist Church in Wasilla, and uh, that's a that's a conference that we've been looking to for a long time. It was actually scheduled uh, before the pandemic, and then it's been uh, canceled or actually rescheduled, I guess, uh, three times now. So uh, the Lord's uh, really doing something. I don't know what, but the devil's been trying to keep us from having that conference, but it looks like it's going to finally happen. Interesting, and now the topics have changed, I'm sure, somewhat because of the timing of the conference. But, J.B., where can people get uh, the up to speed and get caught up with your new series if they want to check out what in the world is going on. Yeah, it's all uh, totally free. Just go to notbyworks.org. Usually the highlight carousel, uh, the first or second spot, has the latest video in that series. Um, And these are substantive videos. Uh, Some of them are as much as uh, two hours, most of them an hour and a half. Uh, But uh, you can also click on videos on our menu. They're on the homepage at notbyworks.org. And one of the sub-menus is What in the World is Going On. If you click on that, it'll take you right to all five videos. Sounds good. Okay, now, the agenda. We briefly, I mean, the uh, topic for today, um, we briefly talked about this in an email exchange, and I heard, I think it was your previous uh, message, uh, What in the World is Going On, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I knew of all this information. Um, I consider myself somewhat informed, and yet... Hearing some of the quotes out of their own mouths and some of uh, your citations uh, and what you presented in that, and that was just, I think, the first third of that uh, presentation that you were giving, uh, I was a little disheartened and not discouraged, but I was, um, I guess it was eye-opening again for me to realize that this really is a demonic battle, a spiritual battle at its core and we are fighting an enemy that just really wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So open it up and just share a little bit, uh, just however you want to go into this, JB, as an introduction with a little bit of background. But the topic is depopulation and the Luciferian timetable. Um, we've talked a lot about Margaret Sanger on this program, goes back a 100 years, founder of Planned Parenthood, uh, birth control. She coined the term, wanted to eliminate the black population, put uh, b- abortion clinics in minority neighborhoods. And here we are today, and it's fascinating that uh, a lot of people still aren't aware of that agenda, but there are globalists and there are world elites that are trying to depopulate the world, and they're trying to, uh, what, they're using environmentalism, climate change. They're using a lot of things to try to, uh, well, they think man is the problem. So there's the worldview right there. But, uh, JB Hickson, open it up for us and just share with us your, uh, beginning thoughts on this issue, uh, of people wanting to depopulate or regulate or eliminate even some of the population in our world today. The agenda, friends, uh, it's nothing new. As I mentioned, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And you probably understand if Jeremiah seventeen nine, if the heart of man 
is wicked and beyond cure, then obviously why would we be surprised at murder and those who would want to eliminate life, eliminate mankind, whether that be from the womb, meaning abortion, to euthanasia, meaning the elderly. We know that there are evil men that want to eliminate human life. And so we need to talk about this today. Um, and I probably wouldn't have wanted to go there today if I hadn't seen JB's presentation on this. And you can go to his website, notbyworks.org. And uh, we saw, um, well, he's got a series called What in the World is Going On? I believe what we're going to be talking about today, some of it you can get in uh, part four, What in the World is Going On? Agenda 2030 and the Luciferian Timetable. JB, take us into this topic on depopulation and the Luciferian Timetable. Uh, in Scripture, there's a clear distinction between life and death. And uh, I, I was thinking this morning about uh, when the children of Israel were on the banks of the Jordan and Moses was kind of giving a word from the Lord and sort of passing the baton to Joshua. And uh, he, ma he made that famous statement, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Mm. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, people sometimes forget is that Satan is the author of death. He loves death. Yeah. Uh, he um, brought death into this world. And Christ, of course, uh, came to bring life and to overcome death. Proverbs 8.36 says, But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. And they love death uh, ultimately for themselves because they hate God. But also they love death just uh, in general. And uh, so, yeah, in my What in the World is Going On uh, series, actually, if I can just kind of put it in context, yes. we started out in session one talking about the Great Satanic Reset and Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and how that fits into God's plan of the ages. And then it was in uh, the second video in that series that we talked about COVID-19 and the depopulation agenda. And I really sort of laid out that uh, whole satanic depopulation agenda. They, they want to kill off the vast majority of people on this earth. Uh, Satan, of course, as you quoted, comes, and Jesus said, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Um, and so, you know, that we talked about that in part two. Then in part three, we got into the experimental gene editing bioinjections. And then in part four, we talked about the Luciferian timetable and how Agenda 2030 is a blueprint uh, for that. And so, yeah, if I can just give a few quotes uh, here from uh, key uh, globalist leaders uh, really throughout the ages. Some of them were political leaders. Some of them are just key uh, media figures. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but the depopulation agenda had a name uh, in the first part, first half of the 20th century, and it was called eugenics. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hitler, of course, is the greatest example of one who tried to live out that uh, Darwinian eugenics ethic. Uh, but it was all over our own country. And in fact, back in 19, uh, back in 2009 in New York City, there was a secret meeting that. Uh, was held, it finally leaked out, and then was covered by Good Morning America, Forbes, and many other mainstream uh, print and TV news media outlets. Uh, but it involved Bill Gates, Ted Turner, George Soros, David Rockefeller, Michael Bloomberg, Oprah Winfrey, 
and Warren Buffett, uh, I mean, a who's who of Luciferian elite. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the meeting, uh, as the Wall Street Journal uh, covered in their May 26, 2009 article, was billionaires try to shrink the world's population. Wow. And they they were coming up with plans and ways to get rid of, you know, the useless uh, breathers, basically, people that they deemed to be unfit, uh, feeble-minded was the old term that was used. Uh, you mentioned Margaret Sanger back in her day, in the days of the thriving eugenics movement in the United States of America. But this meeting was held at the personal residence of Sir Paul Nurse, who at the time was president of Rockefeller uh, University. Mm-hmm. And uh, the invitation to the private meeting, which also leaked out, uh, we have a copy of it, was uh, co-written by Gates and Buffett and uh, David Rockefeller. And the stated purpose on that invitation was, quote, to consider how the wealthy could use their wealth to slow the growth of the world's population. And so, you know, this is something that uh, has been happening uh, behind the scenes uh, for many, many years. The, the Luciferians absolutely uh, want to lower the world's population. They want to get rid of uh, people. So just a few quotes, uh, if I may. Uh, here's, um, you know, for example, Dave, Sir David Attenborough, who was uh, an English broadcaster, kind of our Walter Cronkite over there. Uh, and he said, quote, we are a plague on the earth. It's coming home to roost over the next 50 years or so. Either we limit our population growth or the natural world will do it for us. Hmm. Paul Paul Ehrlich was an American uh, biologist, actually still living as far as I know, born in 1932. But he was best known for his writings about the consequences of population growth. Uh, He was uh, a senior science advisor to President George W. Bush. Uh, But anyway, he said, quote, To our minds, the fundamental cure, reducing the scale of the human enterprise, including the size of the population, to keep its aggregate consumption within the carrying capacity of Earth, is obvious, but it's too often neglected. He goes on to say, nobody, in my view, has the right to have 12 children, or even three, unless the second pregnancy is twins. And these are the people that were inside the White House advising and leading, because I think everybody, probably your listeners by now know that most of the senior leadership in our country for many years have been puppets, um, and we've certainly seen that in in the present uh, situation. Yes. Uh, Ted Ted Turner said famously, quote, a total world population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels, would be ideal, quote, end quote. Hmm. And uh, Bill Maher, another big talking head who helps to advance the uh, agenda of not only the left, but, of course, the the overall Luciferian agenda. Remember, the left-right a paradigm is really a fake-out. Um, it's uh, I prefer to think of the right-wrong paradigm rather than the right-left paradigm. <laughs> and uh, Bill Maher said, quote, I am pro-choice. I'm for assisted suicide. I'm for regular suicide. I'm for whatever gets the freeway moving. That's wow. what I'm for. It's too crowded. The planet is too crowded, and we need to promote death, quote, unquote. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, so many. Here's a Colorado State University professor from our own state, uh, Philip Caffero, who said, ending human population growth is almost certainly a necessary but not sufficient condition for preventing catastrophic global climate change. See, they're using climate change, of yes. course, as the uh, impetus for all of this, the pretext for it. But it's really the fact that they love death. You know, mm. They absolutely 
love death. In fact, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that when the, at the time Roe v. Wade was decided, she said, quote, frankly, I had thought at the time Roe was decided there was concern about population growth, and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of, <laughs> end quote. In other words, she, in her mind, she's, she, and she's an insider, she's now obviously a, a longtime Supreme Court justice, but what did she know that we don't? And she's basically saying that the Roe v. Wade decision was based upon trying to get rid of people from this earth. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, it's a, it's a frightening scenario. John Holdren was Barack Obama's primary yes. science advisor, and uh, he said many frightening things. I'm sure some of your listeners may uh, remember uh, one of the more openly satanic people to ever hold a public office. They're, all mm-hmm. of them are part of a Luciferian agenda, yes. for most of them. Uh, but, uh, by the way, part six in our What in the World is Going On series, which will come out to Wednesday night, and you can live stream that at 6 o'clock Mountain Time Wednesday night. But we're going to be talking about can we trust the government and giving some examples of how, uh, through the years, uh, government has lied to its own people. But John Holder said, quote, a program of sterilizing women after their second or third child, despite the relatively greater difficulty of the operation than a vasectomy, might be easier to implement than trying to sterilize men. Wow. He said, quote, he said, quote the development of a long-term sterilizing capsule that could be implanted under the skin and removed when pregnancy is desired opens additional possibilities for coercive fertility control. The capsule could be implanted at puberty and might be removable with official permission for a limited number of births, end quote. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, we, we've got many more, but I think uh, yep. listeners get the idea that there are, uh, behind the scenes, an evil group of people who, as the Word of God says, love death, and um, they don't accept the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to bring life. He said, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And the last enemy to to be defeated, which was defeated at the cross, is death. And so Christians never need to fear death, but on on the contrary, the Luciferians love death. We've got to take a break, and we're going to continue this topic because there's so much more to dig into with J.B. Hickson today on Stand Up For The Truth. We're going to talk about one of uh, President Biden's uh, picks for the Bureau of Land Management and her ideas on population control and Bill Gates. His name will come up as well as others. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is J.B. Hickson, and the topic is depopulation, uh, world elites, and the Luciferian timetable. This is real, friends, what's happening. It is spiritual. It is demonic at its core as far as the agenda. Uh, but you wanted to mention uh, President Biden's pick to run the Bureau of Land Management argued in her graduate thesis that um, Americans should have no more than two children, And she also claimed that allowing livestock to graze on public land was destroying the West. Her name is Tracy Stone Manning. And she said, uh, oh, by the way, one of the ads, one of the ads featured, there is a toddler. And there's a caption that says, can you find the environmental hazard in this photo? So what they're saying is a cute little baby 
humankind, mankind is the environmental hazard. So uh, she says when we overpopulate, the earth notices it more. So uh, J.B. Hickson, it, I don't know if you want to comment on that. That's just one of the many Luciferians, as you mentioned, in the Biden administration. But this obviously uh, pro-population control. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's long-standing and long-running. Satan's been trying to kill people from the beginning. That's why he approached Adam and Eve in the garden. And uh, we've seen uh, you know him trying to interrupt and stop God's plan of redemption um, after sin entered the world. Uh, I mean, we could think about uh, Herod uh, in the first century when he tried to kill all the babies two years old and under. But, yeah, I mean, this, uh, this pick for BLM uh, director... Uh, uh, is Tracy uh, Tracy Stone Manning is just uh, evil beyond uh, really beyond belief? But what's so sad is that most people, even most believers, uh, really don't understand the seriousness of this agenda uh, of death. I mean, it's uh, it's it's key to their plan, and mm-hmm. you know, they're they it's multifaceted. They're not just you know going to set off a nuclear bomb and kill millions of people. They've got you know, slow kill and long kill uh, operations as well. But uh, we need to understand that the, the, you know, the devil is a formidable foe. We, we, of course, know Christ has won the victory, and we don't have to fear death. Um, but at the same time, we have a job to do here, which is to share the gospel, uh, to let people know that they can have uh, forgiveness of sins and eternal life through faith in Christ Jesus. And if we're dead, we can't do that. So uh, I, I recently had someone kind of ask me in light of the trajectory of how things are going and how discouraging and depressing it can be. They said, wouldn't it be better if we just sort of all went to heaven? And I understand that mindset, yeah. but it's not biblical. I mean, uh, we we life is worth fighting for. We believe, and the Bible teaches, the sanctity of human life. And that's not just about uh, killing preborn uh, babies in the womb. That sanctity of life is about uh, euthanasia and yep. any uh, you know assisted suicide and any other type of uh, concept that devalues uh, life and so uh, we need to stand up and fight and uh, we need to be uh, here as long as God wants us here so that we can be as the Apostle Paul said lights in this perverse generation uh, making a difference um, so uh, so yeah I mean this is uh, you know uh, so so. Uh, prevalent and so clear that the uh, the depopulation agenda and it's gaining steam i mean it is definitely gaining steam jb what do they get out of this because there obviously there's enough land i mean just in you know middle america texas and other states there's plenty of land to go around there's plenty of land for people the earth is not being destroyed um Although it will in Second Peter three, but that's another story. But what do they get out of this? Is it is it the fact that if they can kill more people, there there will be less people to have to control? Well, that's part of it. But at at, at the macro level, it's really two things. One of them we've already kind of hit on, and that is they simply love death. They, there's a bloodlust there mm. for the the satanic agenda, and therefore. To them, it, it brings them pleasure and power and this sick sort of satanic power uh, to see death. But beyond that, uh, it is a factor of 
that they want Satan wants this world for himself. Remember, God asked Satan where he had come from when he came to accuse Job, and Satan said, "From I come from going to and fro over the earth." And he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the god of this age, and so he couldn't have heaven for himself. So, so he got kicked out, and he's been trying to take uh, God's uh, created earth. Uh, for himself. So, in that sense, the fewer people, the more fun the Luciferians will have from a from a human perspective. Remember, the, the Luciferian elite are the co-conspirators with Satan to try to take over the world. And so, they see this, if you think of it like a massive amusement park, if you could have that whole amusement park to yourself, you didn't have to wait in lines, you didn't have to get a fast pass, you know, you just had the whole thing, you could get on any ride you want, do whatever you want without the crowds. That's kind of how they look at the earth. They want just enough people here to uh, to kind of serve the uh, the surf class, where mm-hmm. they can kind of serve these elitists. But everyone else is just getting in the way, uh, so that's part of it. Uh, but also, you know, as I said, there's this satanic, uh, you know, child sacrifice ritualistic concept that we see also in Scripture. By the way, we go back to the Old Testament pagan gods of the ancient Near East, and you see. Uh, you know, sacrificing to Moloch and other Ashtoreths and other you know Babylonian uh, evil gods in that age. So, so there's both a sort of religious, uh, satanic component to it, and then there's a practical uh, component to okay. it as well. Makes sense. Now, a lot of people are probably listening right now and wondering. Uh, you mentioned Bill Gates, and JB, you shared a quote by him in your presentation. And uh, that was, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was from like five or ten years ago. But the quote was about vaccines. And a lot of listeners are thinking, OK, are, are they tr- going to try to use vaccines or something else down the road that we're going to have to comply with to limit the population? Well, they absolutely are. They already are. They've actually been caught uh, openly doing it and admitting it in India, where they had uh, the Indian government. Uh, had to be paid reparations because they sterilized so many of their their young girls over there. But, yeah, Bill Gates in a TED Talk uh, not too long ago, I don't have access to the exact date in front of me, but it's in my one of my presentations, but he said, quote, if we do a really good job with vaccines, we could lower the population growth by as much as 10 to 15 percent. Now, let me read that again. Yes. If, if we do a really good job with vaccines, we could lower... The population growth by as much as 10 or 15 percent and even shows a shows a chart kind of charting this out and it's this is not a misinterpretation or taken out of context he clearly says and they've been saying this forever that we need to forcibly sterilize uh, in this case he's talking about passive sterilization where you put it in conjunction with some other you know uh, vaccine whether that's for polio or whatever it might be or covid and um, many, many, many doctors, including uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, who I know you've had on the show, uh, have sounded the alarm. I mean, I'm talking thousands of doctors worldwide mm-hmm. have sounded the alarm that uh, the ingredients in all of the different COVID vaccines, not just the ones available here in America, but all of them, uh, have sterilants in there, and that, uh, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 years from now, we're going to see massive problems with reproduction. So this is going to affect um, women as far as uh, when they before they get pregnant. That's going to affect their, their ability to get pregnant. Do you see it also on the other side of this spectrum where it's going to affect people that are 
already passed, maybe the age of uh, giving birth, but it's still going to affect their health? Oh, no question about it. I mean, this, uh, this, I've talked about this extensively in that What in the World is Going On series, but if you just take the government's data uh, itself, in other words, you know, there's all kinds of whistleblowers out there, whistleblowers from within the CDC, whistleblowers from within Pfizer and some of the other big pharma uh, companies that are talking about deaths in the tens of thousands. But just from the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which, by the way, is under the direction jointly of the CDC and the FDA, mm. so just their own data, which everybody agrees is understated, but yes. let's just use their own words. Through August the 6th, we've seen 13,000 deaths from the COVID vaccines, 13,000 deaths. And by the way, we've seen uh, over 1,500 miscarriages, which is on the point for what we're talking about. Wow. Over half a million, almost 600,000 reports in total of very serious adverse effects from those who took the vaccine, including over 5,000 heart attacks, 16,000, 16,000 permanently uh, disabled, you know, uh, 70, over 70,000 people that have gone uh, to urgent care, 51,000 people have been hospitalized, 4,461 have uh, gotten Bell's palsy. In fact, there was a, a video clip uh, that you can find on the Internet of a Australian official giving a press conference just after he had gotten the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, and he comes down with Bell's palsy in the middle of the uh, press conference and has to they have to stop the press conference. And, of course, later they issue this release that says, yeah, this had nothing to do with the vaccine. It was just a coincidence. Right. I mean, it, this is uh, there's no question that the vaccine is very dangerous. Now, a lot of times people will say, to me, well, you know, my I took it or my friend took it, and we didn't have anything but mild side effects. Well, that's that's fine. Uh, first of all, give it time, and you know, talk to me in six or eight months. But not only that, I believe that they're so uh, evil in their agenda that there are multiple lot runs of these different vaccines. Some of them are placebos. Some of them have more serious uh, antigens and things within them, and that's the reason you see some people literally dying within many people dying within 24 hours and others you know it takes longer so uh you know i wouldn't base your viewpoints on anecdotal evidence look at the numbers look at what the experts are saying look at what whistleblowers from big pharma are saying look at what the virologists are saying uh this is a a, a bio injection that you want to stay away from absolutely so uh you just rattle off a lot of information and some stats there on the effects adverse effects of the vaccine, where we're not going to hear that in the news from Hollywood, from the globalists, from the Democrat Party, or even most in our government. But where did you get the information on VAERS, and uh, who reported on that? And can you point us to a source or two? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I give the actual URL and the charts cut, cut and pasted directly from the VAERS website in my uh, presentations. I'm looking right now at the last one from part four, although it's been updated since then. But VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is a government-run system put in place for people to voluntarily report when they have adverse res uh, responses to taking a vaccine. And, you know, one of the real telling things that I show uh, in uh, part four of what in the world's going on is a chart 
that starts in 1990 when the VAERS system began, and it shows the average number of deaths reported uh, every year. And it's basically a straight line averaging a few hundred each year mm -hmm. until you get to 2020. And then it shoots straight up like a rocket, wow. this bar graph or this line graph. And it's, as I said, over 13,000 just in the last nine months. So, But if you go to openvares.com, uh, that's a great website, openvares.com, that took, uh, has an algorithm that takes the data directly from the CDC uh, website. Now, there have been all kinds of funny business going on with the CDC VAERS website. They've they've changed the numbers. They were going way, 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 way up to the tune of, you know, several hundred per day, uh, and then they kind of shut it down. It was unavailable for a week, then it came back up, and it's still frightening enough in its own right, but uh, there are a lot of doctors that, uh, you know, have told us uh, that the re real reports are actually much higher uh, Tom Renz is an attorney for America's Frontline Doctors. He's filing a lawsuit against the CDC mm. because he's got a, a whistleblower from within the CDC who is uh, signed an affidavit under penalty of perjury uh, saying that the real number of deaths is more like 50,000 so far, and the CDC is hiding those numbers. Uh, but, yeah, it's all right there in, in plain sight for people, but you'll never, you'll never see a little ticker counter in the corner of CNN or Fox exactly. News. Exactly. Listing all the people dying from the vaccines like right. they did the virus. Right. And, by the way, when was the last time in world history, let's just say in America, where we saw any media outlet have a ticker in the upper right hand, a, a counter for any kind of a virus, whether that be flu or any sickness, when was the last time you saw every time someone tested positive, there's a new case, it got added to that count and the count went up or uh, the number of deaths and that went up when there was so much of the context, JB, that was lacking, so many things that they were not showing percentage-wise in, in the population and by state and whether whether they had pre-existing conditions, whether they were elderly, over uh, 60, over 70 or whatever. There's so many things they weren't showing. They just had the positive cases and then they had the deaths and they just did a great job, evil meaning, they did a great job of just really fear-mongering and you're scaring people across the country. Yeah, no question, and it and and people really are dying. There's no question about that. But people died in the 2019-2020 flu season too. Yes. In fact, what's really interesting is there were over 600 children under age 17 who died of the flu during the 2019-2020 season. So far, in the COVID flu season, uh, there's only been 300 and something. And yet, in 2019-2020, we didn't demand that all these kids wear masks 24 hours a day, and we didn't demand that they get a vaccine. And so, uh, you know, it's just clearly there's an agenda here. Uh, it's, it's tragic when anybody dies, uh, and, and we should remember that. However, what, they, what they've done is they've put cameras on them, shown these human interest stories of yeah. people dying in nursing homes. They put little counters up on the screen, and they're totaling this up, and it's all a fear tactic. Um, you know, and, and uh, I know we're coming up against a break, but Alex Berenson uh, is a New York Times uh, reporter. Mm -hmm. yes. do, do you know that name? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, he's a bestseller, written some novels, but uh, he's got a source, and he released this on August 6th, that says the COVID vaccine maker Moderna alone received in internally 300,000 reports 
of side effects after the, their vaccination of, with the Moderna COVID vaccination in just a three-month period. <laughs> Wow. And uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of data out there. It, frankly, I cannot understand how any, uh, especially a believer who understands that our bodies are the temple, why you would want to inject your body with, uh, you know, a bioinjection that is manufactured and developed from, you know, the, the parts of, of baby corpses. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. And, and yes, we do need to take a break. But yeah, a lot of people were pressured into it, whether that be for their job or travel or what they were hearing about. Um, if you don't get the vaccine, you won't be able to do whatever. And now they're even rewarding people. Yesterday at church, two different people came up to me with a text message from the Wisconsin government, from Governor Evers, saying you'll get $100 if you go get vaccinated. And first, where does this money come from? Second, why are state governments trying to bribe people and coerce people into getting this shot? There's so many questions that need to be talked about and discussed. We're with J.B. Hickson and the uh, topic today depopulation world elites and the luciferian timetable we've got a lot more coming up in just a minute on stand up for the truth your monthly financial support of standupforthetruth.com is needed and appreciated now back to today's stand up for the truth with david fiorazzo uh dr jb hickson is with us today uh we had dr lee merritt with us a week ago and that was one, probably one of the more, our most popular podcasts of the year, uh, that one and Pastor Tim Stevens from Canada. But we had Dr. Lee Merritt share with us a lot of information on vaccines and, and VAERS, and we didn't have time to get into a lot of details. But she shared that the stats on the VAERS website, we can get information on adverse reactions to the vaccine. But it, like you said, JB, it is really lowballed. And... Uh, sites that you gave us like earlier, openvares.com, the reports of vaccine adverse ad- events in VAERS, you can get that number, and they are extremely high compared to what's being reported by the CDC. Now, could you clarify just why the discrepancy? Yeah, so um, there are a lot of different uh, you know, misinformation sites out there, but openvares.com, is actually drawing down from the VAERS reporting uh, system. Okay. And um, I, when we, before the break, I was looking at data in one of my presentations from August 6th, but I've now called up the actual site, which is through August the 20th, and the deaths are up to 13,627. Right. Miscarriages are almost 1,700, and then you know, you've got myocarditis, uh, uh, all kinds of shingles, uh, anaphylaxis, Bell's palsy, all kinds of things, hospitalizations. There's about 15 different categories. But, uh, uh, yeah, the, but what I was saying about the actual VAERS site, uh, you, you used to be able to go into through the CDC's website to the VAERS page, and it had a uh, database that you could input filters and you could search for certain things like deaths within this time frame, within this age group and all that. Mm-hmm. But all of that has really been uh, manipulated and they're playing uh, playing with the system on the back end. Um, but it's still, even though it's, it's probably not accurate in terms of the hundreds of thousands of deaths, uh, which is not an exaggeration according to some doctors and some lawyers, um, but it's still high. 13,600 deaths is more deaths than ever before in the entire history of the VAERS system added together. That's right. In the last 30 years. That's right. So, 
so yeah, I mean, the, the biggest issue here is they've got the mainstream media in their pocket, and so the mainstream media is not reporting on this. Mm-hmm. In any other situation, this would be massive front-page news. Um, you know, they uh, back in the 70s, 76, I think it was, when the swine flu uh, vaccine got emergency authorization, they stopped using it after just uh, 50 deaths, I think it was, 53. Um, and uh, and so here we are at 13,600 deaths officially. It's actually a lot more than that, but yes. the official number. And they're still encouraging wow. people to do it. Um, you talked about paying people to take it. Well, that they're still doing that, and that was a huge marketing ploy for many months, the carrot, they called it. Uh, but they've moved on from the carrot to the stick now, and they're making it very difficult for people to function uh, if they don't get this uh, vaccine, which, uh, you know, I, I don't understand the upside, honestly, they because they've now come out and made it very clear that even if you're vaccinated, you still can get COVID, you can still spread COVID even without symptoms, you still have to wear a mask, you still have to social distance, so what's the point? Um, in fact, the, think about this, and I know that our listeners will understand this, though you'd never hear about it on the news. But think about those vaccine mandates, like in New York and California and many other places now. Basically, they're saying, you can't come into our building if you can't prove that you've been vaccinated. To which I say, why? What's the point? Because you've got two people wanting access to the building. One's vaccinated and one's not. They can both spread COVID. They can both get COVID. They both have to wear a mask, and they both have to social distance. Why, why separate out the two? There's no benefit, at least in terms of letting people into a building, mm-hmm. of being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. Think about it. So that means it's not about what it's about. They're mm-hmm. wanting to categorize people and basically identify who the Bible-believing patriotic Christians are who are smart enough to see that this vaccine for what it is from the rest of the, the sheeple who just take it. I just uh, Someone sent me an article um, well, David French, I, I don't read his stuff anymore uh, in the last several years, but I'm, I'm very disappointed by some of the assumptions and uh, some of the presuppositions that he takes in order to set up an article and talk about the Christian right and those who are uh, refusing the vaccine. It just, I'm very disappointed at, at the, they're trying to divide people and they're doing a very good job of it. But like you said, there are people that have been vaccinated who have gotten COVID. And they have even gotten someone else, you know, uh, sick. And, and you're going, well, wait a minute. Why don't we hear that? Well, because that doesn't fit the narrative. JB, uh, we only have about, uh, 10 minutes, a little less than 10 minutes, uh, to go here. I didn't, I don't know if we wanted to continue to spend time on this or just go a little bit more down the Luciferian timetable, as you mentioned in your presentation. Yeah, I think uh, I think hopefully by now our listeners understand the, the dangers of the vaccine. By the way, Dr. Lee Merritt, as I'm sure you know, has a great page on her website, which I believe is drleemerritt.com, uh, doctors dr, uh, that talks about vaccine remorse for those who have had it and yes. certain things you can do to possibly mitigate some of the coming uh, negative effects from uh, these, these antigens and so forth. But... Uh, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, what, what was really interesting was in part four of our series, we talked about the Luciferian timetable, and I started out by giving two caveats. One is, ultimately, God is sovereign, 
and he is the he alone controls when we will move into the end times. Um, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So he's giving time right now for people to come to faith in Christ. Um, but uh, so so with that caveat, you know the reason the the Luciferians have not ushered in the one world satanic system yet is because God hasn't allowed it. Um, but we do know, according to Scripture, that ultimately. It's going to happen for a brief period of time mm-hmm. before Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, comes back to take the throne and rules in perfect peace and justice. And that period of time is called the Tribulation, or the 70th week of Daniel, and the Antichrist will rule at Satan's behest and be a one-world tyrant who demands that people, ultimately, that people worship him. Uh, so we know we're headed that direction, but uh, God is sovereign. But the second uh, caveat is that the Luciferians are not... Uh, omniscient, obviously. Satan's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He doesn't have the ability to just push a button and make things happen. There are many competing agendas and complexities and setbacks. Um, so, uh, so we, you know, they can't always just make things happen on the schedule that they want. But with those two caveats, we can look at their own literature, their own writings, their own leaked white papers and things like that from places like the CFR and Bilderberg and other secret meetings, Bohemian Grove, and we know what their desired timetable is, and they've been saying it for many, many, many years. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you know, go back uh, you know, decades and look at uh, people like you know, Alice Bailey, and in her writings, yep. in which, you know, she was talking about 2025. I mean, here's a lady. She died in 1949. She wrote over 10,000 pages, which she claims were channeled through a demon that told her what to write. Uh, she, they were published by the Lucifer Publishing Company, and uh, she was a disciple of uh, Helena Blavatsky. Uh, and so she has multiple places where she cites 2025. I give those quotes in, in Part 4 of what in the world's going on. And so, uh, you know, and it's just, it just jumps off the page at you, where she again and again mentions 2025. And then we've got quotes from people like the Pope and uh, people just throughout, uh, just kind of uh, scattered throughout the literature, these references to uh, sometime in the 20s, you know, 2020s. And, you know, even... Uh, Klaus Schwab from World Economic Forum says that this is going to happen, quote, sooner than most anticipate, <laughs> his book, uh, uh, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. So, you know, uh, is that going to happen for sure? We don't know, We've, but we know that's when they want it to happen. That's right. And they, are in, they have entered the end game without question, and they're putting the pedal to the metal. They're tightening the screws, whatever metaphor you want to use, and that's the reason... Uh, last week in our part five, I dedicated the entire 90 minutes uh, to, uh, you know, preparedness and what people uh, can do. And I talked about the preparedness continuum where some people go to the extreme of, you know, they've, they, they've, got, a, they, they've got this, they can handle this, they've, they're going to, you know, dig a hole or live in a bunker or move to a mountaintop, and they sort of leave God out of the equation and don't, don't trust God. But there's also the other extreme, which is presumption, which is those who say, I don't need to prepare to do anything. I'm just going to trust God. If he wants to save me, he'll save me. You know, whatever will be, will be. But that's not the biblical model. And I showed this from Scripture, that the biblical model is a balance between being prepared. The Bible says, you know, that the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. Mm -hmm. 
and presumption. And so, uh, you know, it was the people in World War II who saw it coming and started moving out of, uh, you know, uh, Germany in the 1930s, the mid to late 1930s, before Hitler started um, the Holocaust, so that survived and lived to spread the gospel and do other things after that. So the same thing is true today. We better realize that that train is coming down the track and, you know, is God going to intervene? Are we going to be here for another hundred years to, to, to spread the gospel? Who knows? It doesn't look like it to me, but again, things could happen to intervene. But yeah, the, uh, the Luciferian timetable is really fascinating when you kind of look at what they're trying to accomplish and when. Uh, JB, we only have three minutes left, actually less than that. And uh, what advice would you give? I'm getting a lot more emails now about people who either are going to be let go from their jobs or or are asking about Christian attorneys to represent them, should they be, including some health care workers who are forced or discriminated against because they don't have that vaccine. In other words, their their insurance, they have to pay more for insurance, medical right. insurance, than those who are vaccinated in their own in the same hospital. And so I'm getting a lot of uh, emails saying, Could, what, what should I do? Do my religious exemption letter that I presented was rejected. So, JB, just in the last minute and a half here, just your advice to Christians and concerned American citizens who are dealing with this. Yeah, number one, first of all, don't get the vaccine. Don't be pressured into it. I know that's easy to say. I'm in the same boat. You know, we may all lose our jobs. We may all be quarantined and not be able to to live our lives. That's why you need to prepare. But don't get it. It is dangerous, and there are a lot of other nefarious uh, aspects to it. Number two, I would say make sure you get your spiritual life in order first. Mm, Uh, If you're listening to this program and you're not certain you'll spend eternity in heaven, priority number one is to place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for your sins. He alone can save you, and, uh, and, and, and that's number one. And then number three, I would say, you know, the third thing I would say is just, you know, think about practical things that you can do. Get with other people in the community. We talked all about this in Part 5 last week. You can watch it or listen to the podcast, either one, uh, at notbyworks.org. But there are some practical things you can do. But it's not going to be for the faint of heart. Mm. You know, Jesus promised, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome uh, the world. This is... Uh, you know, Paul said, all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Well, it's here. Yep. It's, always, it's always been out there. Now it's here, and we need to uh, rise up and be strong and stand firm. And we have a link to JB's series, What in the World is Going On, at StandUpForTheTruth.com today in the podcast post. JB Hickson, thank you so much again. Always a pleasure, brother, having you on. Keep fighting the good fight of, good, of faith. Hey, thanks. God bless, David. All right. Thanks, JB. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of the week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow, you homeschooling moms and parents, if you want more information, we've got a special guest with a brand new book. Uh, Tina Hollenbeck will be in studio And that's our topic for tomorrow. You will hear John Leffler on Wednesday, Steel on Steel Radio. Russ Miller, creationist, will be with us on Thursday as a guest. And he is also going to be coming to the Prophecy Conference you just heard about in Appleton in uh, just a few weeks. Also, Sarah Christensen, uh, local uh, ministry uh, leader with um, Frontline Harvest Ministries, uh, discipleship. She does a great job of mentoring uh, young women and all women. 
in the faith. So we'll have her in studio on Friday. So thank you guys for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.